the good news is that radio still is the number one audio reach medium, without question. The challenges right now, and people using radio is down, I mean, up to 20% across the board, fewer people listening to radio, and we don't know if they're coming back. Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. I looked for two things. How is Nielsen performing? How's the sample doing? Because we always tell our clients, you don't pay Nielsen for ratings, you pay them for samples. Brandwith On Demand, rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the media morphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. This time around, our guest brings a wealth of programming experience to us. He's programmed in Washington, D.C., Boston, Detroit, Cincinnati, and he's held corporate programming positions for AMFM and Clear Channel. He's a self-described data geek and understands the needs and challenges of programmers in today's radio environment. He serves as programming research consultant for the Research Director, Inc. Brand with On Demand is proud to welcome Steve Allen. Hey, Steve. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's really nice. I appreciate it. So today we're talking ratings and to really take things to their core, what do you see as the key performance indicators, the KPIs? that rating services like Nielsen or Eastland provide? And more importantly, what are the very first things you look for when you're checking out the performance of a client station or even their competition? Obviously, ratings and, and ranking and share and all that stuff is what everybody looks at. But we peek under the hood, and I, I look for two things. Uh, how is Nielsen performing? How's the sample doing, right? Because we always tell our clients, you don't pay Nielsen for ratings. You pay them for samples. And if they are supposed to give you X number of meters or diaries, you want to make sure you hit that mark. But even deeper than that, Nielsen does a pretty good job on a six plus basis, but you really want to look at your target demos. So let's say you're targeting women 35, 44, and the index is way off, either too low or too high. That can, when waiting kicks in, that can really have an effect on your, on your numbers. And, and we see that happen all the time. Beyond that, and that's one of the services we provide is the, like the ratings whisperer. But then beyond that, there's, there are certain things we like to look at. How's your TSL compared to the market, right? If you have a good, healthy market TSL, are you getting your fair share? How are you doing on rotating people through day parts and vertically and horizontally recycling them, getting those occasions? And how, obviously, the obvious thing is how are you performing in your, your key demographics and versus your competition. But yeah, so some things beyond just AQH, TSL, and QM can tell you whether your station's doing well. And, and on top of that, I like to take a longer view, right? If you just look at one book, so many things can happen in one book that you really can't base it on, on, on one book. You have to look at the longer trend and, and keep in mind that our, our mantra is there are four things that will affect your ratings. Something you've done, you change your music, change your morning show, whatever format. Something your your competitor has done, same thing. Something big has happened in the marketplace. Christmas music, the best example of that. Or something Nielsen's done, and we talked about that with Sample. So all those factors play in to see how well you are doing. And what do you look for overall, Steve, when you're sitting down with a client station and, and taking a look at the the most recent full quarter numbers? What are you looking for when you're looking at those numbers? If we've been with them for a while, we want to see how the station's trending and what their goals are. What do they expect? Is this a station that is expected to be a top five performer or is this a flanker? And they're just trying to hurt somebody else. So it, it really depends on what the needs are. And then we want to give them a reality check on what's really happening over time with their numbers in Nielsen. 
Well, Steve, we're hearing lots about the decrease and even demise of radio as a distribution platform or device, which leads us to the question, what trends are you seeing ratings-wise in the consumption of audio and especially radio? There's good news and there's bad news. The good news is that radio still is the number one audio reach medium, without question. It gets everywhere. And while we're not at the levels we were, let's say, 20 years ago, it's still pretty robust. The challenges right now, and the pandemic certainly accelerated this, is home is down. People using radio is down, up to 20% across the board. Fewer people listening to radio. And we don't know why. And we don't know if they're coming back. Now, some of it could be hybrid, right? People are not in their car as much as they used to be. So if they're only working three days a week versus five, that's potentially 40% of their weekday listening has, has gone away. There's certainly a, a demo problem. Radio is increasingly an older medium. It's not unusual for markets to have their median listening age right around 50. People under the age of 35, especially under the age of 24, oftentimes don't even listen to all radio for an hour a day. So that radio does have a youth problem. And the third thing, and I think we're gonna talk about digital and stuff, there's, there's a, a hefty number, uh, percentage of the population, depending on the market, that does not even have a radio in their house. Mm. And that sometimes can be as high as 30, 35%. At the same time, smart speaker penetration, as we know, has leveled off. Everybody bought one with the pandemic and now they're like, eh, do I really need Alexa? But that's not even at 50%. So the thought that Alexa would replace your in-home radio, it, there's some of that there. Maybe the real opportunity for radio is the mobile apps, because we know that basically 97% of people have a smartphone. So if you're trying to reach people beyond your stick, that's a good way to do it. Mm -hmm. One question that some of my clients have been struggling with is the idea of total line reporting, especially versus splitting off their streams for different commercials and whatnot. So first, tell us about total line reporting and for stations that don't practice it, might that be impacting their ratings? No, no. not yet. Nielsen, the, the whole odd, uh, the idea behind Nielsen one is to someday be the, the one ring to rule them all, right? Whether you know, it's television, it's digital, it's radio, it's everything. And they could just sit there and go, boom, here's your number. They're not there yet. They were close with a system called, S I think it was SDK a couple of years ago, where they were going to encode every single audio player on the internet but that fell through. We're not sure why. It's still the same thing we dealt with for 20, 30, 40 years. It's recall. It's I listen from nine to five. No one listens from nine to five. People have to go to the bathroom. So it's, uh, you didn't see the decline in listening and time spent listening as much in diary markets as you have in PPM. Mm -hmm. And PPM is reality. I will say this. I mean, give Nielsen its due, man. The meter works. It mm -hmm. does a very accurate job, not only of, of measuring what it hears, but if you extrapolate from that, it shows you listener behavior. If you really dig into the numbers, you can see, you get a better picture of how people actually use the service. And Steve, what's your counsel to stations on streaming and podcasting? I, podcasting, eh, I think the value for podcasting right now for radio from a ratings perspective is, is if you've got a, you know, a big personality and you can get somebody to listen to their bits within, I think it's 24 hours, you'll get credit for it. Otherwise, it's a money play if you can make money off of it. Streaming, I will be upfront saying that as a company, and we are big believers in total line reporting. Mm -hmm. That said, it's a business decision. 
right? Because first off, if you're going to encode your stream, you got to pay an extra fee to Nielsen. So there's a cost involved. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, if you can monetize your stream at a higher rate than what the stream numbers will help you, then by all means do that. And third, Nielsen does a awful job, and they've admitted it, of recording streaming on earbuds, right? They have a headphone adjustment, but there's no way they can accurately reflect that. We've looked at back-end server-side numbers from clients and the actual number of listeners compared to what Nielsen registers, it's, the gap is humongous. That all said, that if you're total line reporting, and let's say you are, your station's getting a point, you're one of eight stations in the market with a 0.3 rating, right? And we all know that's rounding, right? That 0.3, somewhere between 0.250 and 0.349. Well, that 0.3 may be a 0.340, and you get an extra 200 AQH from your stream, all of a sudden that 0.3 came, becomes a 0.4. And your sales manager realizes that their rating has gone up 33%. And in big markets, how much is a point worth? It's millions of dollars, right? PPM is extremely accurate in recording listening. And I shouldn't say listening, what it hears. Technically, it's what it hears. Very accurate of it. Uh, very precise in exactly how long someone is, is tuned into a particular product. Hmm. Uh, whereas diary is 100% recall. And we know from years of experience that some people fiddle down at the end of the day, but probably more people fiddle down at the end of the week, right? It's Thursday through Wednesday. And so you're sitting there. I just ask anybody listening, sit down tonight and reconstruct your lunch menu for the last week mm -hmm. and see if you can actually remember exactly what you ate every day. You probably can't, but you wrote, we would remember what you like to eat. And oh, I probably had a ham sandwich on Tuesday. It's the same way with diary, right? It's like my favorite radio station is X. Mm -hmm. uh, so I know I listen to them and I get to the office at nine and I have them on at my desk until five. And I don't take into account the fact that I had a bathroom break, three meetings and phone call. Mm -hmm. It overinflates the listening. And also the difference between the two is that you underestimate the number of stations you listen to because all the meter has to do is pick up five minutes of non-continuous listening in a quarter hour to give you credit for a station. So if you go into the deli for lunch and they're playing another station that you never listened to, but you're standing in line for 10 minutes, guess what? you're now in their queue. Oh, yeah. The other thing is sample, right? The PPM is panel-based. So it's theoretically the same 12 to 1,500 or whatever your market size is people every single day, every week of the, uh, every day of the 28-day survey. For diary, it's an entirely new sample every week. So, and especially if you're in a continuous diary measurement market and you're looking at three-book average at 36 weeks, that's 36 different samples. Now, there's a yin and a yang to that, right? The good news for the diary people is that if they didn't find your people in week one, they might find them in week two. The problem with the PPM sample is households can be locked in for up to two years. And if all of a sudden, and you see this a lot, like the Christian contemporary stations, where they'll get a couple of heavy households, and all of a sudden they're a top five station for a year. And then those two households leave and they drop to eight. And we see that with formats. Formats go hot and cold based on a lot of times on panel because there's not enough of that particular format's fan base in the sample. Yeah. Our guest is Steve Allen, the Nielsen Audio Whisperer and Programming Research Consultant for the Research Director, Inc. We've got links to the Research Director and some info you may not have seen, plus Steve's blog and more. Just roll down. And we'd appreciate it if you'd do us a favor. Just pass this podcast along to other people in your company or your circle of radio friends. Our mission is to help you level up your game by hearing from the top media thought leaders, 
by hearing from the top media thought leaders like Steve, on-air hosts, program directors, and others that you usually only see at a conference or convention. Yeah, think of Brand With On Demand as your unconventional convention. Episodes of about 15 minutes at a time on demand. Coming up, Steve shares some of the best advice he's ever gotten. Hi, this is Dave Tyler from Music Master Scheduling, here with another Music Master raving fan. Hi, I'm Jeff McCarthy, Vice President of Programming for Duke Wright's Midwest Communications. Why do we succeed? Using Music Master for over 30 years. There, now you know our secret. Ready to become a Music Master raving fan? Get in touch at musicmaster.com slash sales. Hey there, Kipper here. If your station is like so many others, begging out for some sort of station merchandise for sale or even to give away, but the budget says, uh-uh, your solution could be just a click away. Check out Radio Swag Shop. It's in the show notes. Or simply go to radioswagshop.com forward slash Kipper. Your audience and your budget will thank you. Listen today, lead tomorrow. Brandwidth On Demand. We're with Steve Allen, the go-to data guy for us. He's the programming research consultant for the Research Director, Inc. Hey, Steve, what's the best piece of advice that you were given in your career so far, either in your PD days or now? And then what one piece of advice would you give to someone in charge of brand management or programming today? Yeah, I can't think of a specific moment where someone said, do this, right? But I can recall early in my career when I got my first big break on the air, it was at W Light in Washington, D.C. I was a night guy. And Bob Hughes was the program director. Bob Hughes, just a brilliant programming mind. And Bob, I would come in early, often. And Bob would stay late often. And we would just sit in his office. I'm just some schmuck kid that just started doing full time there. And we would play the what if game. The what if, whether it was music scheduling or promotions or songs or whatever. Most of it didn't get done. But but his willingness to sit there and banter back and forth with me and just actually care what I thought and entertain the ideas really opened up a lot of uh, doors for me mentally. And I, I think I tried to carry that through my programming career, and even now, it's, let's talk about what we could do. And so that was the most valuable thing that I can remember early on that really influenced what I did. As far as the advice I would give now, if you're managing talent, which brand managers are and operations director, you're managing talent, you really have to manage to those people. They're a different breed, um, and they, they you, know, you can joke that it's like herding cats, but they're all individuals. And you want that, you want to enhance that individuality and you want to really manage to your people. There is no such thing as one size fits all in creative management. Some of your people need to be coddled, some need to be cajoled, some need to be challenged. Some need to be left alone, right? I think as a manager, it's your job to figure out what buttons to push or not to push on your people, put them in the best position to succeed. Great advice. Our thanks to Steve Allen. Links to his website, some great articles and more all in our regular show notes email. We send it out before every episode and you can easily get it. Just scroll down on your phone for a free subscription. We'd like to thank our exec producer, Cindy Huber, for putting this together. Also, associate producer, Hannah B. for booking. And coming up next... News will be the savior of news talk. I'm Holland Cook, and in the next Brand Width On Demand, we all know it, political talk changes no minds. You already know today what they're going to say because they said it yesterday. 
but the news is changing from moment to moment, and I will tell you three ways to make your newscast instantly better. That's a wrap, Kipper. One of the secrets of success is endurance. We'll talk about it in One Minute Martinizing. Find it in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wide.